when things are overlapping. You know, we just finished baseball. We're right in the middle of football. Uh, and and basketball starts tonight right here on this very radio station. The Baylor women will be in action. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And we got uh, the Baylor men will start on Friday against Incarnate Word uh, as they uh, begin their, their defense of uh, their national championship. And I was thinking about that. And first, good morning to Ward Whites. Good morning, sir. How are we? Outstanding. Ready to go. Big day. A lot mm, of fun. Very big day. You know, I was thinking about this last night, and and it's obviously, if I don't even know if it is a problem, but if it is a problem, it's a great problem to have if you're Scott Drew. You you, you know, every time you turn around, it's, you know, you, you hear about last year and the national championship and just how great, you know, things were and how, and they were. I'm assuming for them, they at some point they've got to move on, and and you know it's about this season for them, and and is as fun as that was last year that that was last year, and it's now in the rearview mirror a little bit, isn't it for for this team? Uh, yes and no for me. I, I think when you're a defending national champion, I don't know that you you have to completely negate that and and say it it, everything's in front of you because of the fact that you have to realize that you have a super large bullseye on your back because everybody's going to get up for the national champion Mm -hmm. no matter who it is you're going to get their best shot and so you know that's that's something that everybody wants to put on their resume hey we took down the national defending national champion so i i think you use that uh, a little bit and also you want to defend that national championship. So you want to go in and, and say, hey, look, you know, we, we've got to – we don't want to be that team that that can't carry the torch. You know, it's just like, you know, some of these high school teams that have that tradition year in and year out. I mean, yeah, it's a new year. You can't, you can't dwell on the past. You can't worry about what the past did. But you can use that to your advantage a little bit. I'm, I'm saying you and I could talk about it all day long. Oh yeah, I, I'm saying Scott Drew and his staff. Th- th- what what's ahead for them is preparing this team for this season. Well, sure, but you also have to understand that you know you have to tell them, look, you're the defending national champions. Everybody's coming for you, so you better get ready. Yeah, and, and, and to a degree, it's unfair because the name on the front of the jersey is the defending national champion. Some of the you know you've got guys that have that are not a part of this program. Uh, that were a integral part of last year's championship. They're on in the NBA right now. I mean, this is a new basketball team to to a certain degree. Yeah, so it is. Uh, and, and you know, and some of the some of the guys that are here, they weren't even here a year ago. So it, it it's a. It, but they knew what they were stepping into. Oh, well, there's. I well, I hope they did. Uh, they better. Uh, right? I mean, you know, yeah. Uh, and, and that's part of the problem. Part of the reason why they're here is because of what Scott Drew and. And Jerome Tang and, and, and that staff have put together There's over the no course of, of you know these last several years. So it, it, it's 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 an, and it again I don't know if it's an issue or not, but if it is, it's an interesting issue and it's a great issue to have. Oh sure. The the fine line between hey you know I think I heard Coach Drew say that you know he was going to give himself until July or August or something I don't know, and then it was turned the page from from the coaching staff perspective. Mm-hmm. But you know. For fans, and when the broadcast opens, you know, in their first television appearance on national TV comes this year, 
don't you know that they're going to talk about it? Don't you know? It's it's not going away, I guess is my point. But with it not going away, you still have to find a place for it as you prepare for your upcoming season and getting ready to, you know, to try to win another championship, another conference championship first up. So there's a lot. It's interesting. And it starts Friday for the Bears. And it starts tonight for Nikki Collin. Well, I mean, she's been around what, uh, you know, she's had a couple of, she's had what, 30 practices, a couple of scrimmages. But this is the first real game tonight for Nikki Collin and the Baylor women. And, uh, and it's the first time that, uh, that, that the Bears will be, you know, going back out there and starting their season. And it'll be interesting to see what this team looks like under Nikki Collin compared to what they looked like a year ago. So there's a lot of interesting things, a lot of, a lot of different dynamics that, uh, that are involved for both the Baylor men and the Baylor women here uh, coming up uh, uh, as we start the basketball season. So we have basketball. We've got football. We've got high school playoff football. We got the Cowboys. There's some stuff. We got some stuff going on right here uh, on the program. All right. Uh, coming up today, uh, yesterday, by the way, I had a chance to uh, I had a chance to uh, to visit with uh, Coach Dave Aranda. Had a had an opportunity to go one on one with Dave Aranda. We did that. You'll hear that a little later on this morning, around seven forty five, when you're drive to work or to school. Uh, also, uh, Josh Neighbors from Locked On Big 12 is going to join us. We'll talk some Big 12 football. We're going to hear from uh, Nikki Collin. Ward is going to take us through uh, UMHB, and as they get ready to uh, not only wrap up the regular season, but get ready for get ready for a run to the national championship. Ward, this is a team that uh, is more than capable of winning a national championship, the, uh, the UMHB Crusaders. That, yeah, they are. There's no doubt about it. I mean, they're playing very well, and – you know, the thing about this team, they've been challenged a couple of times. They've answered that challenge in both of those games. Probably a good thing, huh? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, if if you look at it and, and say it, it's a great thing to start off slow in a couple of games, but it also could be a little bit of a wake-up call now and then to start off like that and be able to overcome it and, and maintain their composure and be able to do things to, to get them on the other side of the tunnel. So, um, you know, I, I, I think it's a lot better to have those opportunities uh, during the regular season than to wait until, you know, you get to the playoffs and all of a sudden your team is challenged and mm-hmm. they don't know how to react. Now they don't, you, you can go, go back on that and say, hey, we've been here before. Let's just take care of business and, and we'll be okay. So I, I think it's a good learning lesson. One of the things that, that has – I don't want to say bothered, but I mean, it is for me, and maybe I'm just a worry wart, but for me, teams that are so good, Tarleton, I, I beg your pardon, uh, Mary Harden Baylor, uh, Mark, teams like that, that haven't played four quarters, haven't been challenged for four quarters, and when they get into a game, and they will, where they are challenged for four quarters, how do they respond? How, yeah, exactly. It, That's what it, I'm talking it, yeah, about. Physically, emotionally, uh, all of it. How do they? How do they respond? So, it'll be interesting. Can they stand up to the to the challenge? Can Can they overcome? Can they make those 
those adjustments that you have to make on the fly. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into that. And, and stay calm. Don't don't overreact. I mean, there. You know, if 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 you haven't been in that situation, it's easy to look around and go, well, what's going wrong? And then everything starts compiling on top of each other. So we'll we'll get into that. Uh, our our neighbor to the north, the Tarleton State Texans. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Brian Anderson, the uh, play-by-play voice there. Hey, what a transition. It, it, Ward, when you were coaching there, what division were you guys? We were NAIA. And now they've made the transition not only from NAIA but to NCAA, and now they're making the move to NCAA Division One. So... Uh, what what uh, what a, what a transformation within that uh, within that athletic department that athletic program and you know and you say well why would you go and, and, look you you get far more attention when you're doing that uh, and look how many times they've had an opportunity either to be on TV or ESPN Plus right and you know all their games are fixing to be on ESPN Plus all their baseball games will be on ESPN Plus all their basketball games ESPN Plus. I mean, there's more money involved when you get to that level. And all of those, every opportunity, like, okay, for example, Baylor and Oklahoma this week, you got Fox coming in. You got the, and it's, it's the big noon game. So the pregame show, you know, Bob Stoops and all those dudes, they're going to be here. That, I mean, I don't know that you can put a dollar figure out beside that from the publicity standpoint for the university, particularly when you host it, like the Bears are hosting it. They're going to have that uh, that that uh, national pregame show here. Then a national television audience with uh, with Gus Johnson on the play-by-play. Can't, it's a recruiting tool. Not only, not only for football, but it's students. a recruiting tool for all athletes and all student body. Yeah. I mean, it, it, l- l- the cutaways when they're showing the river and they're showing the campus and all that stuff and they're showing the city – those are uh, – you can't put a dollar figure to that, I don't think. And, and no. that's why you transition up to Division One if that's if that's your goal. And, and good for Tarleton. We'll talk about that with the, uh, with the Texans a little later on. Uh, also, I mean, we're all over the map today. Also, uh, Jared Sandler is going to join us from the Texas Ranger uh, radio broadcast team. Where are the Rangers in their offseason – and where are they headed and where should they be headed? Those are the conversations that we're going to have with Jared Sandler coming up around 845 or so this morning. So we got a lot of stuff to do. A lot of stuff to do. Should be a lot of fun. Did you watch Monday Night Football? Yes. Are, are, so are, I guess we're not ready to uh, to, to put uh, Ben Roethlisberger uh, out to pasture just yet, are we? No, I don't think so. thought he played okay. Yeah, I mean, he did. He played all right. He, you know... He, Look, that's a that's a team that's still, you know, fighting, and he's he's doing what he can do, and you know this they find a way to to get it done last night, you know, and as we've said before, a win in the NFL is a win, no matter if you get it because of a taunting penalty or whatever it is. Who cares? Yeah, it doesn't matter, does it? No. In January, when the playoffs roll around, are they going to look back and go, "Hey, late October, early November, that was an ugly win for you guys"? No. It was hey we're fourteen and two or hey we're twelve and four or whatever the case may. Well now it's, it's seventeen games. It's stacked you know, on the right on the left side of the column. That's the, all that matters. Absolutely. As long as you have a lot more on the correct side of the column than you do the incorrect side, who cares how you got them? Who cares? Now, what did you think of Justin Field in his in his growth process? Now, he he did rally him for fourteen in the fourth. 
Yeah, but, I mean, I I like I like my rookie quarterback being out there playing the game, and it's just me. Uh, I want him out there, and I want him, you know, facing adversity and 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 trying to find his way through it. Life, I mean, the world of athletics is different than than just a, a few years ago. I mean, and you're right. I mean, I would have never thought, hey, look, you draft a guy and you put him on the football field, but that's exactly what you do at the quarterback position now. You play him. Absolutely. Because the future is now. <laughs> it's right now in the NFL. Or you may not be coaching that kid uh, two or three years from now. Well, it's just it's the best way for him to learn. I mean, I, I know that, you know, there, there is an argument that you don't want to, you know, ruin his confidence and everything else. I mean, I, I, I get that. But, again, I think it's it's the best way to learn how to play the game, the game's not going to slow down for him standing on the sidelines. It's just not. So at some point, he's going to have to go through that and be able to, to figure it out, get out there and figure it out, learn how to play the game. Well, it, it was an interesting game, and, and the Steelers are now 5-3. and three. They're right back where, you know, they, they're, they're in good shape, and we'll, we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, we're sitting there thinking about high school football playoffs, and we're really not even to the halfway point of the NFL season. So, nope. Uh, it, it, it's interesting how it's all laid out for us. All right, uh, 714. This is game time, by the way, on ESPN Central Texas. Our 7 o'clock hour is service a good feed in the Central Texas marketplace. Ward White's Tom Barfield, and we are in the Allen Samuels studios, and we appreciate you being with us here this morning. Uh, as we told you yesterday, the, the Bears are going to be losing or have lost an assistant coach. He is uh, Joy McGuire, and he's headed to Lubbock to uh, to be the head coach of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Thought we would talk about that process a little bit. Uh, uh, Ward, you spent some time in the coaching profession. I want to get your thoughts on on how this all unfolded, how it is unfolding now, apparently in college athletics, and and just uh, talk a little bit about what's going on with uh, college coaching in twenty twenty one. We'll do that when we come back. This is game time on ESPN Central Texas. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Michael Point. It'll be mostly cloudy today. Still going to be a mild day with a high of 76 degrees. Partly cloudy skies tonight. We drop to 59 and a mix of sun and clouds tomorrow. It's going to be a pretty breezy day with a 20% chance of rain late and a high of 78. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Have you been thinking about a new deck for your home, lake house, or country place, or maybe a new pergola for your backyard, or redoing a room to give it a more western or rustic look? If the answer is yes, we invite you to come see us at Redwoods Incorporated. We take pride in having the best selection in the greater Waco area for top quality wood products. It makes no difference if you are just wanting ideas, curious about probable cost, or want us to recommend an outstanding contractor. Our folks at Redwoods Incorporated want to help you from start to finish. Come visit with Greg or Scott and see our new showroom conveniently located on Esther Drive, just off North Valley Mills behind Applebee's Restaurant. Redwoods Incorporated wants you to know no project is too big or too small for us to give you our personal attention. So please call us at 772-5243 or just stop by Redwoods Incorporated anytime and let us show you how helpful we can be. You'll be glad you did. 
Pascal Insurance and Real Estate is a full-service independent insurance agency and real estate company. They write all policies from commercial to auto and home. Pascal Insurance represents multiple companies, including Safeco, Travelers, Allstate, Progressive, Nationwide, and Hoheim Prairie. The real estate experts specialize in residential, commercial, and farm and ranch properties. Stop by and check them out at 401 Madison and McGregor or learn more at psrealtors.com. Since opening their doors in 1925, Wilkerson Hatch Bailey Funeral Home has been honored to serve families like yours by providing a range of funeral services. Whether it's a traditional funeral, a graveside service, memorial service, or cremation, they believe every life deserves to be honored in a way that brings peace to families. Five generations of the Wilkerson Hatch Bailey Funeral Home family have helped tens of thousands of Central Texans celebrate the lives of loved ones. Learn more at whbfamily.com. Today on Hey Culligan Smart Home, Smarter Water Softener, here's Kevin. Hey Culligan, can a smart water softener lift those heavy salt bags for me? Kevin, it can. <laughs> Wait, it can? Yup, the smart high-efficiency water softener from Culligan can alert your dealer when the salt needs to be replaced, and they'll do it for you, so your water stays soft and you stay away from lifting the bags. I mean, I could lift them if I wanted. No judgment here, Kevin. We're happy to do it, and we're already on the way. Let us help you out with a free in-home water test with the local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com. Okay, stand by. Now, from the Alan Samuel Studios. I'm your big man. That's what I am. I'm here to do whatever I can. Be an early morning, late afternoon. All right, so welcome back to the program. This is game time here on ESPN. In Central Texas, Tom Ward. Hey, a quick note from the uh, CNC Collision Center text line. Who has more pressure to win this season out of the uh, Lady Bears or the men's team? And quite frankly, I don't think either one has pressure to win. Ward, uh, you have a uh, coach in her first year building her program. Uh, and then you got Scott Drew and the Bears coming off what they did a year ago. I don't think there's any pressure on either one right now, do you? Well, I, I think if you're the defending national championship, there's a little pressure there because you want to defend that national championship, and fans want you to defend that national championship. And again, as I said earlier, your your bullseye just got immensely bigger, so that puts a little bit of a pressure on you. I think uh, for for Nikki, I you know I, you're taking over a program that has been hugely successful and mm-hmm. has very high expectations, so maybe. Maybe there's a little pressure on her from herself to just say, hey, you know, I, I've got to keep this thing going. She also has to understand, you know, she's going in there with the feeling of, hey, I, th- this is this is not Kim Mulkey's team. This is my team, and this is how my team is going to look, and we're going to put my fingerprints on it, and it's going to be different. And, you know, my expectations for this team are very high. And, and equally, if not more important, Nikki Collin is going in and saying – I'm Nikki Collin. I'm not Kim. I mean, uh, and and that's, you know, and and she's made that very clear from the very beginning. You know, she's going to respect what was accomplished here and and what was built here and, and just how good the program has been and how consistent the program has been. But at the end of the day, her name is on the front door now. That's right. Her name. Nobody else's. Her name is on the door, and that's 
that and I think I think she's got a pretty good handle on that uh, from the the uh, the times that we've been able to hear from her. We'll hear from her a little later on as they uh, as they get ready for uh, the opener tonight, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, you know, look, how good are the Bears going to be? I don't know. I mean, you know, prognosticators got them second or third in the conference. I, I mean, I, I I don't know. Uh, we're going to find out. That's why you play the games. But I'll say this. Winning a championship is incredibly, incredibly difficult. But repeating is even harder. I mean, so uh, what are the expectations? I don't know. I mean, what are your expectations for them? Here's what I want. I, I want them to go out and play as hard as they possibly can play. Give it a great effort. And let the chips fall where they may. And, and you know what? If you do that, this team is talented enough that it's gonna things are gonna take care of themselves. This is a very talented basketball team. It's is it the same team from your? Of course not. I mean, there's several players again that are gone. But this is an incredibly talented team. Go out, play hard, and see what happens. Because uh, if you start putting that pressure on yourself, hey, we're the champs. We got. You know, I just think you're asking for extra. Establish your identity. The 2021-2022 team. You go establish your identity and your makeup and go play the games and see what happens. I mean, I don't know what else to do because I don't think you you can look back and go, hey, this is what happened a year ago. Because what happened a year ago was a year ago, in my opinion. It was great. It was wonderful. We all had a good time with it. But for this team, in my opinion – it's about establishing your identity and, and, and moving forward. So we'll see. All right, Ward, uh, let's let's do jump into some football. I want to get your thoughts. You've you've coached at uh, at this level, at the college level before. We got an interesting dynamic going on right now. First of all, I, I, Nebraska, by the way, has elected to restructure, but they are going to retain Scott Frost. You a little surprised by that? Yeah, a little bit. I I, I am too, quite frankly, but. What? We've seen that movie before, and that's 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 a head coach trying to save his job as much as he can, and then it's, it more times than not does not work out. Yeah, the AD Trev Alberts said he's seen enough progress that uh, that they're going to stay with what with, with with that direction. Here's the deal, and we've seen it, and it's been in this league where you where you are firing your head coach. We, we've all seen guys with a game or two left, you know that that deal gets done but four or five games remaining in the season then the process of interviewing for the next head coach has already begun and and now you're disrupting other programs by interviewing their assistant coaches or their coordinators or whatever the case may be and then you hire somebody and you really disrupted that program and then how many of the guys that are on staff a are going to go with the new head coach because it's a promotion for them. You you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, but it's where we are because of the early signing date. I mean, that, that has immensely ramped things up. It's, you know, for example, the Texas Tech job. Not only did it affect Baylor, but it also affected Oklahoma because they had a coordinator interview for that job. Mm-hmm. What if the coordinator would have got it? How many assistants would he have taken with him? Uh, you know, and you can say, well, they're, they're not going to leave until after the season, but you know what? That may be true, but if you've got a new, if you got a shiny new toy someplace 
is your heart and soul 100% where it's supposed to be? It'd be tough. It'd be very difficult. It would be very difficult. I, I just, you know, and I, Lincoln Riley was talking about it the other day. He said, hey, man, I don't, I don't like where this is going. A little later on, uh, when we when we have a conversation with with Dave Aranda, he talks about it in his his personal preferences. You know, he basically said, "Hey, you know what this this is where we are now. I don't particularly like it, but this is where we are now." No, they don't like it. I mean it, it's a bad it's a bad case scenario for everybody involved, and you know. But again, it it's it's an evil necessity in college football if you if you know you know that you're going to move on and it's just time and things are not there there's no salvaging then i i think you almost are forced into saying okay we we've got to cut ties and we've got to find somebody and, and get a target circled up sooner rather than later because if we don't we're going to be behind the eight ball on being able to get our recruits in here and sign the guys that that we want to be able to move forward with. Uh, And part of that is, you know, the new coaching staff may have a different identity and different targets that they have to go find before early signing date because it may not just be the same guys that are already circled on the calendar. They may may not fit into the program. And so – you know what do we always say about coaches? Well, you got to give them time to get their guys in there. Well, if you if you're going to hire them before the end of the season and get ready for early signing date, you know maybe they can get some of those guys before early signing date's over. I it, it, look, I, I the early signing date has spun things into an uproar in college football. For me, here's the thing. If let's take Coach McGuire for example, he was not a coordinator, so it probably was a little easier. But I'll say this: What was yesterday about? Was yesterday morning about Oklahoma? Well, no, it was no. about Joey McGuire it, heading to Lubbock. That's right. It was saying your goodbyes. It was now let's sit down and let's figure out who's going to coach outside linebackers uh, when we go out on the practice field in a couple of hours. That's what yesterday was about. Did he have a sense, he being Coach Aranda, that this was happening? Of course. Oh, yeah, Did he start that, formulating his plan and his ideals? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this didn't take anybody by surprise in that office. No, but my point being, yesterday was not 1,000% about getting ready for Oklahoma. It wasn't. And look, what what if what if brand, you know, school C – uh, they're not going after an assistant. What if they were? What if they're targeting a head coach? And some of them will. Absolutely, they will. So, are you going to interview those guys? Are you going to get permission to interview those guys? Is are you going to? Is is everything going to stop down? And I think I'm sure it, you're going to try. Well, somewhere you got to pump the brakes. I think, and, and I don't know that it is, it's but I mean, not going to happen. Not. Because I mean, if. If you if if your head if someone came to you and said, "Hey, I want to talk to your head coach about our head coaching job," and, and you're having a good year, you know, you're you're six and three, you're you're eight and two. I don't know. Uh, are you doing it? Are you gonna say, "Yeah, go ahead and talk to my guy"? It'd be very difficult, but I mean, you know, that uh, again, you have to understand uh, as an athletic director, that's that's where this 
ugly thing is going. I mean, you know, I, I don't think you can you can just say, well, no, you're not going to talk to him right now. It, that's that's not fair to that coach. You, you still have to have the empathy. Oh, oh, hang on you still have to have the empathy for the coach that, that's, you know, what's better for him and his family. You do. Well, two if days ago, what's better for him was being right here with us. I, I know that, but, I mean, you, <laughs> you, you, you have to understand, you know, you still have to have – I mean, you can't just say, well, that guy's just completely off limits. If you want to make him completely off limits, well, go in there and make him an offer that, that nobody else can touch. I mean, that's, that's where college football is. It's business. It's absolutely a business. It is business. And, you know, uh, Mac Rhodes was with the uh, the media yesterday, and they were talking about the, the new football facility that is, that is going to be built. And, you know, and, and he had a great point. If you're idle, if you're sitting still, you, you are now falling behind. You're going to be a loser. Yeah. The, the arms race is move forward. Keep moving forward. You got to keep, you know, the finish line keeps moving and you got to keep moving with it. It's just like some of these locker rooms that you see in college football and you look up and they just had a renovation and then all of a sudden, a couple of years later, they have another renovation. Well, it's because by the time they finish that first renovation, they're already behind somebody else. So they got to figure out, okay, it, it's time to renovate again. We've got to upgrade again. It It's just... It's a vicious, vicious cycle right now. It is. I mean, there's no question about it. And so you just, uh, you just, you do your best to keep up and keep yeah. moving forward. And again, the finish line keeps changing, uh, and so you got to keep changing with it. But I, I just, I, I don't know, man. I, I'll be honest. I, I'm old school. It, it's got a stink to it. It, it does, and, and, I, and I know that's what you're going for. But I, it, again, it all predicates on. Being able to get that program turned around as quickly as you possibly can, and and you know with that, the December signing date was it December twelfth now? That's you know, and that's where the majority of the signings are taking place. Yeah, it's not that. That's I don't know that that's exactly what they had in I, mind. Well, of course it wasn't. I think they thought, well, we can get some of this out of the way, and, and be able to go with it. And because of the fact that you know a lot of these kids have you know already verbally committed anyway and 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 so you know you want to go ahead and get it over with and, and lock them in i i get that but again it's it's turned into a a feeding frenzy and i'll tell you something else and, and not you know <laughs> wasn't headed on knocking on the early signing day but I'll, it's something else that I would think these Texas high school football coaches are not real crazy about is that early signing date. So you're for those that are still playing football and trying to get ready for playoff and a playoff game, now that this is all involved, uh, you know, that star athlete, that star football player is now is now signing his name and and maybe that allegiance is not as strong to you anymore now that I've got uh, now that I've got this under you know, under my belt, and uh, I, I know for a fact that I'm going to be playing college football at fill in the blank. Am I going to give that same, you know, that same 1,000% effort to uh, to win this playoff game? I don't know. Uh, I know this. I've talked to a couple of coaches, and they're concerned about it, Texas high school football coaches. Uh, not real crazy about the, the early signing date. Yeah, I don't know that it bothers me a, a, on, on that aspect of it. I, I think it's a good thing for those kids to go ahead and get that out of the way, you know, almost – 
like it when you know they get that decision out of the way before their senior year. They know where they're going. They know what they're going to do. And so all they have to worry about is playing their senior year and helping their team get to the playoffs. Or not playing their senior year. Well, which is ridiculous. Don't well, don't get me started on that. That's absolutely insane. I tell you, it's happening. All right, uh, 7.32. <laughs> You're shaking your head. I wish I had a camera. Mm. It's 7.32. We're going to talk some Tarleton you State. You know how you felt about the college football playoff last week? Yeah. You just put me there. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, I, I don't like it either. Uh, don't like it at all, but it's it's out there. I know. We've seen it. That's absolutely ridiculous. It's insane. Uh, 732, this is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. We talk some Tarleton State football. We do it next here on ESPN Central Texas. Are you ready to jump into a career with a local Fortune 500 company? Sherwin-Williams has warehouse opportunities available with starting pay at over $20 per hour and regional CDL driving opportunities with pay averaging $84,000 annually. Sherwin-Williams offers competitive benefits including medical, dental, vision, life insurance, 401k, and pension. Apply online at careers.sherwin.com. That's careers.sherwin.com. Or call 254-523-9500. Come join us. Howmet Aerospace, situated in Waco for 48 years and now hiring for several positions. Howmet produces fasteners for industrial applications such as transportation, renewable energy, and automotive. Howmet Aerospace is looking for production technicians, quality engineers, machining techs, maintenance electricians, and more. Most positions require a mechanical aptitude or background, and all jobs require a high school diploma or GED. Howmet Aerospace offers a complete benefits package from day one. Go to howmet.com slash join us. Search Waco for a complete listing. Wings Pizza and Things has been your go-to place to watch your game for over 15 years. With over 60 big screens, you're sure to catch all the games. With 15 wing sauce flavors from ghost pepper to plain, we have all of your taste buds covered. And don't forget about the made-from-scratch pizzas. But wait, there's more. Try their burgers, fillies, sandwiches, and wraps. Don't forget about the wide variety of draft beers and finish your meal off with something from the sweet spot. Check out the entire menu and specials at wingsandtemple.com or follow them on Facebook. Wings Pizza and Things, Temple's home for sports for 15 years. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. Now that football season is here and cooler weather is right around the corner, it's time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows and have been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for eight consecutive years. They offer 0% financing for 60 months. That's 0% financing for 60 months. Contact Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate. Universal Windows Central Texas.com or call 254-301-7760. And don't forget, check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. TFNB Your Bank for Life is the official local bank of Baylor Athletics. Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our Edge checking or savings accounts and earn interest, cash back, or free digital downloads. With five locations, managing your money has never been easier. And check out the new bear statues at our downtown Waco location across I-35 from Baylor. TFNB Your Bank for Life. Member FDIC. ESPN Radio Sports Center. 
I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by CMC Auto Group, Highway 6 at Imperial Drive. Come by and see what makes us different. Baylor Associate Head Football Coach Joey McGuire has been named the new head football coach at Texas Tech. McGuire will join the Tech Athletic Department immediately and will assume head coaching duties following the 2021 football season. Sonny Cumbie will continue to serve as Tech's interim head coach for the remaining three regular season games and any bowl appearance. On Monday Night Football, the Steelers beat the Chicago Bears 29-27. Week 10 will begin Thursday night with Baltimore at Miami. In the NBA, the Dallas Mavericks are the only Texas team above 500 after a 108-92 win over New Orleans. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Now, back to the Alan Samuel Studios. Welcome back. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom and Ward, we've uh, gotten the water hose out and got Ward all cooled down now after getting all upset earlier last Mm -hmm. segment. Uh, 737, drive safely. We have fog in Central Texas this morning. Uh, Coming up in a few minutes, we will hear from uh, Coach Dave Aranda. We did the uh, 101 with him yesterday, and we'll have that conversation coming up in our next segment. But right now... Ward Whites, we're going to the talk lines, and we got a very special guest with us. Byron Anderson, play-by-play voice of the Tarleton, Texas, and assistant athletic director. Good morning, Byron. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing this morning? What are you all hot and bothered about, Ward? Oh, the, the, the early signing date is, you know, transitioning coaches into being hired a little bit earlier, which I'm okay with that. But I said, you know, the early signing date has a lot to do with it. And then Tom had to mention the fact that, well, you know, there's some guys. I, I said I like the fact that guys go ahead and commit early and know where they're going so they can play their senior year. And he says, well, some of them just opt out their senior year, and that I don't like that. Then you could see the smoke coming out of the ears and, you know, the whole I don't, nine yards. I don't like a young man opting out his senior year of, of high school athletics at all. Or we got to make that money. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Byron, would you have opted out your senior year to, to go ahead and just go ahead and get ready to play college baseball? Yeah, I don't think anybody would have, would, have, would have paid me anything to do that. So the answer is a simple no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tarleton Texans uh, making that transition this year in football and all sports. And uh, the first question is, how's that transition gone so far, uh, getting almost to the halfway point or a little bit over the halfway point in football? Uh, I think, you know, being in D1 for us is going really well. I think, uh, you know, there's going to be bumps uh, along the way. It's a, it's a new level of competition. Uh, a couple weeks ago we played Sam Houston and uh, played them well for really about a half. And then uh, the defending national champs kind of had a different gear we did not have at this point. But, you know, that's stuff, stuff like that's going to happen uh, when you're, you know, making the move. Uh, it's I tell you what, it's been really fun. It's exciting to look forward and get to see some of the things coming up down the road. But we've also had some really, you know, neat things here. We're getting to go to places we've never gone before. And there's just a learning curve with everything. You know, you go to some of the big things. Obviously, right now we are 5-4. and four. We have a winning record. We had a winning record 
last year in the spring, I guess technically not last year, but in the spring we're five and three, right? Uh, we have uh, games, and we get to match up with teams again like this weekend. It'll be Abilene Christian, a team that's traditionally uh, a rival here. Uh, it was our biggest rival when I I was in school here. And then, you know, new teams like Central Arkansas that we'll get to play and finish up the season here November 20th at, at Charlton State. So, it's you know, there's a lot of things, and the field stuff is important, but, you know, we keep getting great reports about, uh, and it's not necessarily exciting for the fans, but it is for us because one of the biggest things about being in D1 is, is you have this new thing called APR, right? And you have to hit these different standards as you move up to make sure that you qualify and, and you, every year the NCAA has new things you're going to do. And we're, our student athletes, our football team and all our other teams are exceeding what they've ever done uh, before as far as from the grade point uh, standpoint and the APR we're way above that number after the first year. And that's what, uh, that's one of the biggest things for us. It sounds kind of silly, but we know this guys, we joke about all this other, other stuff going on and we want the team to be good. And that's the that's the bottom line. If you're a coach, you got to win, right? But it's kind of different during the move for for a coach. A big part of this too is the grades and and what Coach Witten and other coaches across our university have done to this point. We're super proud of. Um, we've got some great news that will come out about that pretty soon. It's not ready to be let out yet, but just really excited about the move. I think the team uh, itself is doing well and really uh, you know holding its own um, and and. You know, you always want it to be better, and you always go back and look and say, hey, we could have won this game here, we could have done this. But bottom line is we've got a winning record uh, in year number two. You, you mentioned the student-athlete. How has the recruiting process changed? How has it changed for the coaches identifying kids uh, that uh, might be uh, might be a fit, might be interested in Tarleton? And, and, and just from your chair watching this transition, how's it, how's it, how's it been? Well, there, you know, there's a couple of different things. I think Todd Witten was really good uh, in Division Two at finding. We used to talk on his on our uh, show and in the interviews that we'd have about his, you know, his uh, philosophy recruiting, and it was really he was going to. They they called it prospecting, right? Instead of recruiting, obviously, uh, when you're a, a, a Division Two school, you're you're further back in line than we are now as a Division One school when it comes to going to local high schools and stuff like that. Um, you know, a lot of times when you hear that, hey, this kid's a Division Two kid from a high school coach, Todd Witten would say, hey, look, those kids I'm sure are great, but if a coach says that, no offense, we don't want that kid, right? Um, nothing wrong with the, the student athlete or anything like that, but if the coach is putting them in that place, we don't want that kid. He's not good enough to play here. We've got a higher standard. And I think it continues. The way that we get players has to change a little bit because of the APR, right? We, you're not going to get as many transfers as you used to get. There's still going to be, be transfers that come in, right, from the junior college area. It's just not going to be as high a percentage. Um, there's some other loopholes that uh, you, could, you could take advantage of at the lower level that you can't take advantage of now. So really what happens is you have to focus on uh, really being able to develop players, right, um, and, and pick those players and take them as a freshman and develop them. And it it's, should be – there's a lot of things that have been hard about, you know, the pandemic and everything, but getting you're getting extra year with 
essentially a redshirt year uh, that they can play with a lot of these freshmen after last year in the fall and now the spring. And so it should be a little bit easier to do that, but everybody's getting to do it right. I think over the next couple of years across the nation, uh, especially at some of the uh, lower FBS levels and higher FCS levels, as these freshmen develop, they're going to have an extra year to do that. And I think in the next couple of years, you're going to see a lot of lower FBS schools be able to compete a little bit more with some of those higher-level schools. We're seeing a little bit this year, maybe because some of the really big schools are down, right? But you get extra time with those kids, and the really good schools are going to have – they're always going to have those student-athletes going out to to the NFL, right? And some of the lower FBS schools, they don't have that visibility, and, and the kids are going to stay longer, and those teams are going to be better in the next couple of years. I think we're going to see some wild things that we didn't assume would happen early uh, from this pandemic. But, I mean, as far as recruiting goes, the other thing you guys talked about a little bit, when, when you make the move as well, you also get that early recruiting period uh, and that early signing day, and we didn't have that as a Division II school. So that changes how you have to recruit. It makes it more important recruiting during the season, right? Because you only have, once the season's over, November 20th, what is the, the signing day? I don't know off the top of my head, like December 12th, December 12th. 12th or 13th. Yeah, somewhere yeah, in there. So the 12th, so you don't even have a month if you're not really doing a good job during the season, right? You, you've got to have that uh, that recruiting going on year-round. And and I don't know, I can't speak for the coaches, I don't know that was always the case at Division Two because you didn't have until, you had until February for those players to make those decisions, right, at least. So that changes things a little bit. But the bottom line is you have to be better at picking players straight out of high school and developing them. That, to me, is the biggest difference. Byron Anderson, Tarleton State University, play-by-play and assistant athletic director with us here on Game Time on ESPN Central Texas. Basketball getting started tonight for the Texans. And uh, there is, you look at that schedule and you go, oh, wow, how about these Texans? Yeah, I, you know, I mentioned looking forward to the football schedule next year. We'll play TCU in our second game of the season at Amon Carter. That's really exciting. But the basketball team's already in the middle of it. You know, last year they played Texas A&M down to the wire um, out there in College Station. Um, they uh, we're, We were actually scheduled last year to play three of the four uh, uh, Final Four teams, Baylor, Gonzaga, and UCLA. All those games got canceled because of the pandemic. So, um, <laughs> you know, that, that was kind of disappointing for fans. But tonight we'll start and play uh, a team that's, that's uh, been good in the past. They're not ranked yet this year. Uh, Stanford, that game will be at 9 p.m. tonight. Later on in the week, the uh, men's basketball team will take on the number three team in Kansas. You know, Billy Gillespie, our coach now, um, he is really good friends and used to work for Bill Self. So there's a relationship there, and we look forward to getting to play those guys and go up to Fog Allen Fieldhouse on Friday. I think that's a 7 p.m. game. And then the women's team, I can't leave them out as well. You know, they will, uh, they'll play tomorrow night, and they'll get number 19 Arkansas to start off the season. So, you know, it, to me, the, these kind of situations when you play the big teams like that, yeah, they can be, you know, slobber knockers where, where you get it handed to you, but – to me, it's kind of a no-lose situation for, for a group like us. First, we get, to, we get to see our teams match up against teams that we dreamed about, right? And we've dreamed about Tarleton and being able to fill their name out in a, in a NCAA bracket for forever, 
right? And you get a little piece of that tonight and, and Friday and Wednesday on the women's side. You get a little piece of that, right? And it's a no-lose situation because, you know, if you lose, everybody thought that you were going to lose. And if you play them close, hey, look at Tarleton. And if somehow you win, well, that's what part of the reason we made the whole move, right? To, to put yourself and your school, because you believe in it, up against the best in the nation. And, you know, you just can't, you can't wait to do those things. If you're a student athlete, you know, you realize the challenge you got in front of you, but what an opportunity. And uh, it, it's just, it's the reason I think that as a university, we made this move. A big part of it was to, you know, to, to prove ourselves as one of the best in the nation. People around here used to say that, that Tarleton was one of the best kept secrets in Texas, and we don't want to keep that secret. We want to let it out. Hey, Byron, man, we, uh, we appreciate your time. Uh, thanks so much. Sounds like the transition is running smooth, and, and, and uh, we wish you guys the very best of luck as you continue moving forward. Appreciate your time today. Hey, you guys got it. Glad to help you out. I don't know if I'd have made it, though, if we didn't just have the time change. I'm a. <laughs> out, so, no, just Talk Thank to you guys. soon. See you later. See you, uh, and, and, you know, And I'll say this, Ward, you know this as well as I do. There are a lot of Central Texas kids that make that 75, 80-mile yep. trek right up Highway 6. to. <laughs> to and there's to, a bunch of alumni yep, in this area. Yep. Uh, it's, uh, it's, an important, it's an important piece of the of – the, uh, Higher education puzzle in Central Texas, I can assure you that. Mm-hmm. All right, and, and they do, man. They got Stanford and Kansas back-to-back on the road. How fun is that? Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, 7.50. Coming up next, we uh, we talk with uh, the head coach of the uh, Baylor Bears. We do that next on ESPN Central Texas. Would you like to make an impact on the lives of children by helping build a strong foundation for their education? A degree or certificate through McLennan Community College Child Studies and Education Program can put you on the path to a rewarding career in the teaching field. Start your career while continuing to take classes that can apply to a bachelor's degree. Find out how to get started today at mclennan.edu or contact us at 254-299-8786. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by CMC Auto Group, Highway 6 at Imperial Drive. Come by and see what makes us different. Baylor Associate Head Football Coach Joey McGuire has been named the new head football coach at Texas Tech. McGuire will join the Tech Athletic Department immediately and will assume head coaching duties following the 2021 football season. Sonny Cumbie will continue to serve as Tech's interim head coach for the remaining three regular season games and any bowl appearance. On Monday Night Football, the Steelers beat the Chicago Bears 29-27. Week 10 will begin Thursday night with Baltimore at Miami. In the NBA, the Dallas Mavericks are the only Texas team above 500 after a 108-92 win over New Orleans. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Seven fifty one. This is ESPN Central Texas. Tom and Ward, glad you're with us. Hey, earlier yesterday, actually, I had a chance to sit down and visit with the Bears head football coach Dave Miranda on a number of subjects, and here's that conversation. Coach, it was announced today that Joey McGuire is going to be leaving the program. What does that do to your staff as far as the remainder of the season and moving forward? 
really happy for Joey, happy for his wife and his family, you know, was able to um, um, meet his parents. We had the Texas High School Coaches Association. That was just a really cool moment and was there when he was inducted in the Hall of Fame and just or the, um, um, the opportunity these last, these, uh, last two years to, to be with Joey and just see him interact and connect with people and um, really um, reach him and motivate him. You know, just, that just tells me he's just going to do wonders at Tech and way excited for him. I think for us, it, I think it, it uh, energizes the staff. I think it gives, you know, we've got some young people that can um, jump into the role of outside linebackers coach, and so that's being worked on right now, and I think we'll bring a lot of energy and um, enthusiasm and knowledge to that role. And then I think, um, you know, it'll, add, it'll give us a new dynamic and some freshness maybe um, that um, – you know, wasn't there, and so I think there's always to, for sure, it's a negative losing losing joy, but we're looking at the positives and uh, excited about this week and the remaining uh, games in our schedule with the staff that we got. Do you anticipate this be kind kind of becoming the norm where, because of the early signing date, that you're you're seeing guys making moves uh, in the middle of the season as far as the head coaching position is concerned. So the search begins early. And I mean, is that gonna is that gonna be the process that we're gonna be looking at moving forward? I think so. I don't. I I would not uh, on the outside be a fan of it, but um, I think it is. I think it's gonna be. Um, I think the 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 recruiting date has a lot to do with it, but then I think also I think. You know, um, I think, um, you know, coaches stays in general. Um, you know, those those third years are hard to get to. I think that used to be the thing, and now it's really more of two and some change, I think. And so it's, you know, that's the job that we sign up for. And, you know, I think, um, you know, the amount of coordinators that are out of jobs right now and head coaches that are out of jobs right now, I think, is just the start. You mentioned uh, in your press conference earlier today that uh, yesterday and, and some today you went back and reviewed the film, looked at the positives, looked at the negatives. Uh, talk about some of the things that you would like to see get cleaned up a little bit uh, this week as you head into the Oklahoma game. I think perimeter blocking on offense. I think run blocking with receivers. Uh, I think some uh, we get some blocks and you know a ten yard or twelve yard run is an explosive play. Now, I think. Um, our offensive line consistency, um, you know, five guys working as one unit. I think we've done that previously and um, fell off the pace somewhat uh, on Saturday. I think defensively, um, rush lanes and um, uh, containing the quarterback has been something we have not been able to do since the beginning of the year despite efforts and despite um, uh, wanting to do that. I think that's a huge piece to – really kind of taking the next step as a defense and as a team. And then I think communication in the back end, I think the ability to, um, when things get get competitive or pressure mounts, um, that communication breeds confidence and get everybody involved where everyone knows, hey, this is um, the situation, this is who I'm working with, this is how we're doing it. I think at times we got siloed off and worked as independent contractors, and you know you can't do that in a team game. 
in your self-scout, which you do constantly, your two losses have come in conference play on the road. Is there a correlation there? Do you, did you, have you seen one? Well, I think um, adversity on the road. I think in the previous game with Oklahoma State, I think we let the outside affect the inside. And I think, you know, the crowd, the score, the, some of the chippiness, I think, affected us. And whether it was getting people on the field late uh, or it was getting the call in late or it was uh, things on the sideline, right? And so I thought in this game, much improved in that area. I thought there was a fair amount of stuff coming our way from the fans. They were pretty uh, energized. And then I think on the field, there was some chippiness and, you know, on the the sidelines, uh, you know, guys getting hit out of bounds and the whole, I mean, there's stuff going on there. And and we were able to... um, control um, our emotions in those times which we're way proud of. I think, you know, going back to that Oklahoma State game, we did not. And so I think that's, an, that's some improvement. I think the, the ability, though, in this game, right, to um, uh, do the simple things better, I think, or lack of the ability to do that, I think, hurt us. And, you know, not until the second half we were able to make some corrections and we were kind of fighting from behind at that point. And we have to have four quarters of, um, you know, not beating ourselves to be able to win on the road. You're speaking of winning on the road. Uh, you clearly didn't play your best football game on Saturday, yet you're on the road in this conference in the fourth quarter with the football and a chance to win. What's it say about your football team? No, they've, we've got great character on this team, great belief on this team. I think coaching-wise, we've got a ton of investment. Player-wise, um, guys are in in the thick of it, uh, putting it on, on the line for their brothers. You're talking about playing green, about not holding stuff back and putting it all, putting it all out there. I think Gary Bohan is a great example of that. Gary, you know, um, had three big-time throws, people in his face throwing the ball over outreach hands, getting hit when he's throwing it, you know, Ben Sims to um, to Taekwon, you know, um, and so I, I just think there, you know, the plays that he made that put us in the position that you just mentioned, I think um, is an illustration of kind of the grit of Gary and the team, and so wouldn't want to be with anyone else. You had the big win over Texas come from behind. You had Oklahoma. That's in the rearview mirror. You had Oklahoma in the, in, the, in the windshield. Did that have any effect, in your opinion, in preparation for TCU? You know, I'd like it not to be. I think um, we talk about really making a central part of the program, you know, everything coming from an, an intrinsic place, just the – you know, doing it because it's the um, the right thing to do because it's what we can do to improve ourselves. It's what we can do to improve the team. You know, how can I be on purpose today to get better? What specifically do I need to do? These are things that are easy to say, very difficult to do. I don't think the world necessarily, you know, um, works that way. And so I think the opposite of that would be uh, extrinsically. You know, it, you know if. If we win this game, we can get in position to play for this game. And if we win this game, then we get this game, the next one. And it's always looking ahead or outside or to your left or to your right. And I think, you know, whether it's what your phone is saying or what maybe, you know, your your, your parents or your, um, your friends are saying about, hey, what's next? And can I get tickets to this or that? I think those are things that you have to constantly fight. And I feel like um, 
you know, our our efforts or our our um, we got we got valiant effort, but I think we can still do better. Because I, I think we are fighting human nature in that respect. When you look at Oklahoma going into this one, uh, do they have a different offensive personality with Williams at, at the quarterback position now? Yeah, there's more design quarterback runs. I think their connect connection rate on their their shot plays is much better. I think he has a he's got a knack for um, throwing balls into tight coverage and putting putting the, the ball where it needs to be. Whereas I think um, previously we were a little um, little gun shy of of uh, putting it out there when there was guys nearby a receiver, and so you know it is a um, it is a, a dangerous offense, and I think, you know, I, I look at the games and the battles that we've been in and some of the hard lessons that we've learned um, that are they're preparing us for this fight. Finally, Coach, uh, you have an opportunity to showcase your program uh, on national television this week. Yeah, excited for, for Fox to come, excited for the morning show. I think, you know, we can get people there and really make a statement of just – you know, Baylor athletics, Baylor football, and just its place on the national stage. And then when we get to the game, I think, you know, um, I, I go back to our last our last home game, and the, the crowd just made such a huge difference on some of these third downs and these two-minute drives. And, you know, you, you, you're really talking about 12th man in a lot of cases. And the, um, you know, you talk about offense having to go to silent count and having to be able to, to make hand signals to get this or that. And now all of a sudden – you know, pressure's getting home, or now all of a sudden they, they miss an open receiver and the coverage tightens down and it's too late. These are all things that are, uh, you know, at the, pur- at the at purview of um, home field advantage, and we're all about that, man. So excited for Saturday coming. Uh, good luck. Thanks for the time today. Hey, thank you. It's uh, Dave Aranda. We're back with more in just a moment. This is the Baylor Sports Beat, a daily look inside Baylor Athletics. Now, here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Everybody, it's time for a check of Baylor Athletics on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Coming up, Baylor women's basketball opens the new season tonight. Nikki Collin, her staff, and her new team on the floor this evening for the first time this year. Details straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Not only will you find an award-winning dealer at Allen Samuels, but you'll also find some great award-winning products. The 2021 Ram brand ranked number one automotive brand on J.D. Power's initial quality study. The 2021 Dodge brand ranked number two behind Ram and the 2021 Jeep Gladiator named highest quality midsize truck. Alan Samuels, 201 West Loop 340 in Waco, where we deliver quality. Come by. Let's be friends. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. 
Want to be a part of all things Baylor Athletics? Join the Baylor Cub Club presented by Green Eye Associates today. Free registration for the 2021-22 season is available now for kids 8th grade and under. Members receive discounted admission to select Baylor Athletics events and other great promotional items. Register at BaylorCubClub.com or email fan underscore engagement at Baylor.edu for additional information. Show off your Baylor pride and become a Cub Club member today. Now back to today's Baylor Sports Beat. Here again is the voice, John Morris. And welcome back. It is the 2021-2022 season opener tonight for Baylor women's basketball and the Baylor regular season head coaching debut of Nikki Collin. The Baylor women on the floor tonight tipping at 7 p.m. against Texas State. Coach Collin meeting with the media yesterday, asked if she feels like her team is ready to start the new season. I mean, I don't think any coach is ever happy. Like, you know, it was, it was crazy thinking about this was our 30th practice because you have 30 practices in 42 days. And I think I think in a lot of ways, I, I think I said this two days ago, I think I think this team is is tired of practicing. And I think every team in America after 30 practices is tired of practicing. I mean, you want – you know, we're, we're lucky enough to have a great male practice squad, so we're, we are going against, you know, other people on a daily basis. We're not just grinding against one another. But I think, you know, it's like it's it gets to be same old, same old. As much as you try to switch it up, as much as you try to change drills, as, you know, it's still um, – I think you hit that point where – they want to be in go mode. They want to play, and then and then playing teaches you what's next. You Coach Nikki Collin and Baylor women's basketball in action tonight on the floor in the Farrell Center versus Texas State. Our broadcast with Derek Smith and Sophia Young Malcolm begins at six thirty this evening. Seven o'clock tip off right here on ESPN Central Texas Television tonight on Big Twelve Now on ESPN Plus. Meanwhile, Scott Drew and the Baylor men open Friday night in the Farrell Center. The national champions open the new season Friday against Incarnate Word. And make note, that is a 7.30 tip-off on Friday with a banner unveiling and rings presented prior to the game on Friday. And that's today's Baylor Sports Beat. More tomorrow at this same time. I'm John Morris. Let's go around the Big 12 with Josh Neighbors from Locked On Big 12 Podcast on ESPN Central Texas. All right, welcome back in. Our 8 o'clock hour, by the way, is brought to you by VersaLift Southwest, a time manufacturing company currently hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. All openings start at $17 an hour or more, and you can apply for these jobs at 7601 Imperial Drive. Josh Neighbors from Locked On Big 12, the podcast, joins us now. Good morning, Josh. How are you, buddy? I'm great, guys. It's a great day. We've got, obviously, Big 12 football this week, but basketball starts today. Unbelievable. College basketball is starting today. Uh, it's pretty crazy to think. Yeah, the uh, the Baylor women open tonight. They've also got a game on Thursday night. The Baylor men will uh, will open on Friday. So uh, it, it is about to get a little, a little crazy around the radio station with uh, men's and women's basketball as well as, as football. Josh, uh, what was your big takeaway – from over the weekend in, in college football, not only in the Big 12, but across the country. There were several ranked teams that got beat. I think my big takeaway is you know, the, the teams this year are not, save Georgia, 
are not as good as some of the teams that we've seen in the past years. And I would even say, like, the year that we saw uh, Clemson lose to LSU and LSU won pretty convincingly, or or last year, too, like, last year's Ohio State team would probably be the second-best team this year. And Clemson's team from two years ago that lost the super team in LSU would have been the second-best team, you know, this year as well. There just aren't as many really good teams. And, and the thing about Georgia that's crazy is, like, I don't think that we would say that their, their offense is nearly as, as good as their defense, but their offense has been, has been pretty darn consistent. But also it doesn't really matter because their defense is so excellent. So I think, obviously, we have that top team. Could somebody catch them? Maybe. But I watched them beat down my Missouri Tigers last week, and I, they fly to the football and they hit. And I haven't seen a defense hit like that in some of those kind of mid-2010s uh, Alabama and LSU defenses. These guys, I mean, they're for real. So it's kind of one of those years where it's a bit more open past the top team, but there is definitely a top team. Texas Tech has their guy, Joey McGuire, heading out to Lubbock. Is that a good fit in your eyes for the Red Raiders? Well, I, I don't like making proclamations about coaching changes before we see it, but what I will say is, is that the fans – the fans really seem to, to want Joey McGuire to be their coach. And obviously you guys are familiar with him, you know, him being a Baylor. I think it speaks to his uh, quality as a person and a coach. The fact that when Matt Rule left, Dave Aranda was really, uh, you know, wanted him to keep him on. And I know there's always some coaches like that, but a lot of those coaches that get kept on the staff, uh, you know, aren't guys that are going for head coaching jobs, right? A lot of those guys are just there to kind of help out with the current players that are there and kind of keep some familiar faces on the staff. So to have McGuire, you know, be a guy that, that Aranda trusted and, and, and Matt Rule trusted and, and obviously the players like a lot. And we saw that Texas Tech got some reaffirmations yesterday as Joey McGuire already hitting that trail. Also, people talk about the timeline, you know, oh, you shouldn't be firing coaches in the middle of the year. There's a reason why they did it. It's, it's, the, it's November 9th, and you think about when the signing period is coming, early signing period now, He's got a month plus to get it to get things in order, try to retain as much of the class as possible, and then also expand that class because not a great one right now. But it could have been worse if they fired Matt Wells and they lose guys in December. Then you're really scrambling. So I think for a school like Tech, it was the right move at the right time, and we'll see how McGuire does. But I think he has to nail the coordinator hires. I think that's going to be a big thing for him. Josh, it's, it, it, Ward and I have talked about this this morning, but it is interesting how we're seeing the process change uh, this year, in fact, it, kind of right in front of our own eyes. I mean, you're, you're seeing guys get cut loose. It used to be at the end of the year. Now you're kind of seeing it in the middle of the year. You're seeing the, the interview process immediately take place, and you're seeing guys get hired in the middle of the season. I mean, the whole process is moving up, and it's changing right right in front of us. Yeah, it's moving up. And, you know, there are some people in the media who complain about it, but a lot of things, we're just eventually going to accept it, right? Like, that's just how it works. I mean, Oklahoma and Texas are going to move the SEC. Sure, we're still angry now, but at, you know, five, ten years' time, there'll still be some animosity. There'll still be some anger. But, you know, like, for the kids who go to college, you know, when they were ten years old, they'll probably remember it, but they don't much sure they're going to harbor much anger about it. And that's just kind of the way things work, you know? It's just it's kind, of, it's kind of the process. I don't mind it as much because – it makes sense. Like with the early signing period now, it just it makes a lot more sense. Like TC is a great case. Look, that was headed the wrong direction. It was pretty clear Gary Patterson wasn't going to turn it around, and that's a desirable job. So they found it pertinent to make sure they got themselves in the coaching market. And 
you know, they've got some pretty interesting names circulating right now, but they are, they're, they're pretty serious about it too. And I think you're just going to see this more often and more often. And I think with the early signing period, that's, that's what it comes down to. And it's going to allow the coach really to focus on recruiting because none of these coaches are going to come in and do any actual game planning or coaching. At least it doesn't seem like to me. So, you know, obviously Joey McGuire's, let Sonny Cumbie finish out and really his focus on right now is forming staff and forming his roster for next year so that's kind of it gives them a nice little focus and honestly timeline wise it kind of works out if, if you know you want to make a change go ahead and make it because uh that guy just gets to focus on building the the auxiliary stuff before he actually builds the meat and the bones of the roster how does Baylor bounce back this week with Oklahoma coming to town Big weekend in Waco, I'm sure, as you guys know. I mean, you said the women's game, the men's game, you know, the national title defense starts, the Oklahoma game. Um, man, I, I'm not sure about you guys, but it felt like there were a few plays where Chandler Morris, like, it was like third and 12, and he was just he was making some random things happen. I, I would say taking care of the football is one thing they have to do because they were to win that game, and Garrett Bohannon threw a horrible interception. And, and for as good as he's been all year – that's the kind of stuff that when you play Oklahoma, it just it, it can't happen. As as up and down as Oklahoma's been, when you're going up against a team like that, it's got that much talent. You got to play. You got to play clean. You got to play crisp. You got to take care of the football. You can't be giving good teams extra opportunities. Um, and, and so I, I think that's the one focus is taking care of the football. And um, how do you respond, right? How does the defense respond? Because they have got a challenge in Caleb Williams <laughs> coming in this week. He seems like even though he didn't play last week, he's still one of the hottest quarterbacks in the country. So uh, I would say taking care of the football, and I think if they do that, they're going to be able to be in this game. Oklahoma's defense, I know it's healthy, still hasn't been good. And I'm, I'm interested to see what the passing attack will look like. Can they establish that run uh, to go with it? You know, teams like Kansas were able to do that this year against Oklahoma. So establish the run, take care of the football, and, uh, you know, especially in the passing game. and. I think they can be in the game. I'm not sure they win it, though. Josh, the uh, the Longhorns, that thing's in the ditch right now. Yeah, uh, it's 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 um, it's weird to see. I will say this though: a lot of people here's Texas' problem. They keep hiring and firing people, and uh, you know Charlie Strong was liked by the players a lot, but really the the roster was not. It was not excellent. Like, like they, you know, they always recruit well, but like wasn't like a great, you know, end up being a really great roster, a lot of good players. Tom Herman's roster was really good. It just they just didn't develop any of the talent that well. Steve Sarkeesian is going to get good players like you know Xavier Worthy. He's going to convince Bijan Robinson type those type guys to stay on board. He's going to get good players because we we've seen like he's actually one thing he does very well is getting his playmakers the football. That is one thing you see. I mean, basically every game. Bijan got 20 touches last game. No, he got injured. And also, uh, you know, Xavier Worthy gets the football. Those are their two best players, and he's good at getting them the football. The problem is they got to build the rest of the roster. They got to build up front in the offensive line. They got to build up front in the defensive line. Those are the two places that late in games you see them get pushed around. To me, like when people are like, what is happening at Texas? If you pay attention and you watch, it's really not. It's not that crazy. Like, they played a good first half, and then they got pushed around by Iowa State. Same thing happened against Baylor. Same thing happened second half against Oklahoma State. Same thing happened against Oklahoma. And, and those are four good teams, and you've got to go full 60 if you want to beat those teams. You can't just go for 30 or 15 or 45. You've got to go all 60. And so they've got to figure out a way to build a roster that can pace itself, that can last. 
for 60 minutes when they play good competition. They they change quarterbacks, and so who, who who's going to be under center when they open it up against KU on Saturday? I think I still think Casey Thompson gives them the best chance to win when they play good teams. Now, I mean, here's the nice thing: is like if you want Hudson Guard to to look good and and be the guy, whoever you want to be the guy, this is the week to play him. Right? Because they look pretty good since they're playing KU. No offense to KU, but like that's just how it's going to be. Also, poor KU has has had the unfortunate circumstance of being like three of the best teams in the conference is rebound games. They were Oklahoma State's rebound game. They were Iowa State's rebound game. They're about to be Texas' rebound game. I know Texas isn't that good, but they're also uh, – they've got a lot of talent. They're a lot more talented than KU is. I would go with Casey Thompson. I would. And we're back to square one, guys. Remember the beginning of the year, right? We couldn't make a decision. Hudson Card was good against ULL, but then struggled when they played uh, against Arkansas, and they went to Casey Thompson. Like, we're back to that square one, and that just shows you – Sark was never really 110% confident in the quarterback situation. I still think Casey Thompson's the right guy. I still think he gives them more. Uh, they just don't run him enough. They, they don't have him use his feet enough. And that was one of the parts of Casey Thompson's game that I felt like made him so effective with his ability to run, especially late in games that offensive line began to fail them some. So I think he'd use Casey Thompson. I want to see him use his feet more. I want to see them get him on the run and have him make some more plays. I do think he can be a really good quarterback. As we get to the back half of the schedule, what's the biggest surprise for you in the Big 12, or is this thing running about like you thought it would? I, the, the big surprise to me is that Oklahoma State, it, I legitimately think they can beat Oklahoma. They, I, I mean, I'm not sure if you guys saw them last week against West Virginia. That is one of the meanest defensive performances I've ever seen in my entire life. They went up, so I think they gave up 130-some total yards. Um, somewhere in that range. They up 64 on the first drive, I think it was. So, like, almost half the yards for West Virginia came on the first drive. After that, it was lights out. Eight sacks, guys. Eight sacks. They were in the kitchen all day long. Jim Knowles earning that Sir Blitz lot. And, they, and their offense is coming along. Like, if their defense is that good and their offense is pedestrian, they're going to be in every single game they play this season basically no matter who the opponent is. Their only loss came because of a bad spot on the road in Jack Trice where no Big 12 team usually goes and wins. So the fact that Oklahoma State, it feels like, you know, I think last year was kind of more of a hoping and wishing situation that they could hang with Oklahoma. This year, it is a, it is a reality that that game in Stillwater, like I, if, if Oklahoma State keeps this up, the odds are going to be really interesting to see because that is a game that at first feels like the first time in a little while they really have they have they have everything they need to beat Oklahoma, which is pretty crazy to think. Hey Josh, what are you working on for um, for the uh, podcast? Yeah, episode came out yesterday, breaking down the news uh, about you know Texas Tech. We're also focusing right now on the coaching search TCU, which is ongoing right now, and obviously we'll have basketball and football co- coverage. Um, as we begin you know, the basketball season as well. You mentioned the TCU job. Uh, what are you hearing? Well, you know, you read a bunch of stuff. And there's, there's a lot of variety out there. I think uh, I think the Sonny Dykes angle is interesting, but obviously TCU's got their sights set high, and I like that. They made a call, right? Uh, they made the call um, to Matt Campbell, and they made a call, a call to Kellen Moore. So they're going big game hunting, and I think that job is, is a lot better job than people believe it is. So, um, you know, that, that's going to be really interesting to see how it shakes out. Josh, as always, it is a pleasure. We appreciate it. Where can we find the podcast, by the way? 
Yep, YouTube. Uh, you can find it right now. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, three places you can listen to audio-wise. You can find me on Twitter, at, uh, at Josh Neighbors. You can also find me, uh, find the show, at LO Big 12. Perfect. Hey, Josh, as always, we uh, we appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Yep, have a good one, guys. We'll see you. That is uh, Josh Neighbors, and it's uh, Locked on Big 12, the podcast. He mentioned Oklahoma State's defense, Ward. <laughs> How about this? Oklahoma State's defense in conference play, six games, has allowed 88 points. The second-best defense in the Big 12 is Iowa State with 124 points. Oh, my, how change of things. Uh, cha- things have changed in the Big 12. That's 88 points. <laughs> that's it. That's not. That used to be a game in the Big 12. Yeah, that's it. 88 points in six games is all the Cowboys have given up uh, in, in Big 12 competition. All right, it is uh, 8.20. We are going to get to the Cowboy update with Christy Scales here in just a second. And uh, we'll also check for the forecast for you, brought to you by our good friends at Wilkerson Hatch Bagley Funeral Home, Waco's leading funeral home since 19... 19- 25. At UBO Business Services, we understand the digital transformation is the integration of digital technology into all areas of a business, fundamentally changing how you operate and deliver value to your customers. By letting UBO Business Services identify and remedy inefficient paper and email-based business processes, we can help your organization grow by 20 to 30% without adding any additional headcount. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com. New cars and trucks are coming. New car inventory is low, but GM has just announced they will release a steady flow of vehicles through the fall. Now is the time to get on Richard Carr's inbound vehicle list. Choose your inbound vehicle. Get on the list and get your car or truck first. Call Richard Carr Motors and go online to choose your inbound vehicle today. Go to richardcar.com for details. At Richard Carr, we give you more. CMC Auto Group at Highway 6 in Imperial. At CMC Auto Group, we have always strived to carry the highest quality pre-owned inventory in town. All vehicles serviced, checked out, oil changed, and ready to drive daily. At CMC Auto Group, Central Texans are our customers, and Central Texans are who we strive to please. Great local financing available with incredibly low interest rates. CMC Auto Group at Highway 6 in Imperial. Ian and Claire, tell them where. CMCAutoGroup.com Say habla espanol. Hey everyone, with today's Cowboys report, I'm Christy Scales. Defensive coordinator Dan Quinn was asked about going against the team that fired him a year ago. His colorful reply after this. Becky Hammond on being the first woman to coach in the NBA. What if it's no big deal that I'm a woman? What if it's about striving for excellence and being the best me without the label? It's not about where others say you should be. It's about where you want to go. It's about a financial services company that focuses on your measures of success. Whether it's for your home or business, we offer personalized service and expert advice to help you achieve your unique goals. Visit SWBC.com for financial services without the labels. At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network's busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. 
The Cowboys host the Falcons Sunday. The team which defensive coordinator Dan Quinn led the previous five and a half seasons as head coach before getting canned last October. But there's no time for reminiscing or even revenge as Quinn tries to clean up the Cowboys defense which played its worst game of the year in Sunday's loss to the Broncos. Uh, you guys saw the performance yesterday, so there's no time to you know take a stroll down memory lane. Like we got some shit to fix, so like I'll be right where my feet are, right where I'm supposed to be. Always will think of the memories, but uh, this is my team, this is who I'm with, and this is my crew. So I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Today, Quinn's game planning to stop quarterback Matt Ryan, who led the Falcons to their big upset win over the Saints on Sunday. With the boys at the Star, I'm Christy Scales. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Michael Point. It'll be mostly cloudy today. Still going to be a mild day with a high of 76 degrees. Partly cloudy skies tonight. We drop to 59 and a mix of sun and clouds tomorrow. It's going to be a pretty breezy day with a 20% chance of rain late and a high of 78. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Since opening their doors in 1925, Wilkerson Hatch Bailey Funeral Home has been honored to serve families like yours by providing a range of funeral services. Whether it's a traditional funeral, a graveside service, memorial service, or cremation, they believe every life deserves to be honored in a way that brings peace to families. Five generations of the Wilkerson Hatch Bailey Funeral Home family have helped tens of thousands of Central Texans celebrate the lives of loved ones. Learn more at whbfamily.com. It's a delicate machine and a substantial investment. That's why you can't afford to ignore your car or truck. And with Valvoline Express Care Waco on Valley Mills, you can be rest assured your car or truck is in good hands. From the quick oil change to brakes, struts, alternators, and all minor repairs, they'll keep your vehicle running in top shape with quick in-and-out service. Locally owned and operated by Paul Sadusky, they'll take care of all makes and models. Open Monday through Friday 8 to 6 and Saturday 8 to 5. Keep your peace of mind with Valvoline Express Care in Waco, 833 North Valley Mills Drive in Waco. Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, the team physicians of Baylor Athletics. Our doctors specialize in the diagnosis and treatment of any and all sports-related injuries. Celebrating over a decade of service to Central Texas, our doctors are equipped to handle a wide range of issues. Whether it's your foot or ankle, your hand or wrist, knee and shoulder pain, or you're in need of our arthritis and total joint clinic, trust the doctors that Baylor trusts. Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, our goal is to get you back in the game. Have you heard about the new Korean barbecue taco? That's right. Way Cool Tacos and Tamales at Union Hall is the place to get them. The mouth-watering Korean barbecue taco. Caramelized bulgogi beef, Asian slaw, cilantro with sriracha lime and mayo served on a flour tortilla. Way Cool Tacos and Tamales in Union Hall. Handcrafted with love and inspired by their family's generations of Tex-Mex recipes. Located in Union Hall at 720 Franklin Avenue in Waco. Now, back to the Alan Samuel Studios. Baby damn full of facts. All right, 827, welcome back into the program. This is game time here on a Tuesday morning. Tom and Ward. As we uh, roll through this Tuesday morning, let's talk a little UMHB Crusaders football. Uh, Ward, a uh, another good year for Pete Fredenberg's team. They got one game remaining against McMurray, and then it will be postseason time. 
Walk us through how this works. Uh, is there a selection show? Uh, I mean, do we know their seed? We know they're they're going to be the conference champions. So how, how does this all work for, for Pete Predenberg's football team? Sunday they'll have the selection show, just uh, much like NCAA tournament play. Uh, you'll have the selection show on Sunday, uh, and they'll find out exactly their path to the national championship, ending up in Canton, Ohio at the Hall of Fame. Uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame Stadium there in Canton is where the Stag Bowl will take place this season. So uh, they'll, they'll at least know the path. They'll know if they'll be, you know, you you assume that you're going to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. But you you just, with the NCAA, you just never know what what's going to happen. But it, it looks like that they'll, you know, they'll be in, in that situation if they take care of business on uh, Saturday afternoon uh, in Abilene against McMurray that uh, they'll end up with that home field advantage throughout the playoffs and uh, be able to, you know, be right there at home at Crusader Stadium. And, and that makes a huge difference, uh, you know, no matter how you want to spend it. Uh, if you wake up in your own bed and you don't have to travel and you don't have to worry about going to a hotel and having breakfast or lunch or whatever the situation may be, you know, that's that's a huge advantage for whatever team doesn't have to do that. That and your fans. Yeah, and you and you have your fans in your stadium too. I mean, that that's the, the other thing that, that's about it. But I just just that comfort zone to me is even more important than the fans. I, I I think that's a huge advantage for whatever team gets that. And so for UMHB, uh, that's important. And they'll find out on Sunday afternoon if, if that's the case, which we all expected is going to be that case. Do you have a sense of what direction they or what path they put the crew on to to get to Canton? Therein lies the rub. I mean, you you never know. But I if, if I'm just guessing, I I'm guessing that you're looking at a rematch of the ACS with Harden Simmons coming to town right off the bat. Really? Yeah. I I just I I think that that's what now I. It, it could unfold a, a little bit differently. It, it, you know, you, you never know. Uh, you know, they could put Harden Simmons in a different direction. But I just travel purposes and everything else. You know, they try to try to take that. Is that into something they do identify? Is yeah, is they the proximity? To, and, yeah, they try to take that into consideration too. I'm sure. And so, um, I I I just you know I I could be way off base, but I'm just throwing darts at the board. I I think it's going to be that matchup right out of the gate and. You know that's that's not going to be easy for UMHB. It, it's hard to beat a team twice in a, in a season, and no matter what the sport is, I, I just I've always felt that way. I, I, I it's unfortunate that that would be the route. Yeah, if, I if think indeed it is. that is the I, route. I, I, I mean, I absolutely think it. You're right. I I think it. it there, if there was a way to make it somewhat different, and you know, maybe those two teams meet later on down the line. Well, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, I, I think they're both good enough to play a while. Yep. I but, do too. but but when you match them up right out of the box, obviously that's not going to be one of the those case. good teams is going to get yeah going to get left behind early, and that's that's where I was going with this thing. It's just it's very unfortunate if that in, is indeed the the case in in, in the route uh, that they that they put them on. I, obviously, you you have a ranking that's associated with that, but you also, as you point out. Uh, award for for travel purposes and and for expense purposes, mm-hmm. uh, they're gonna they do take that into consideration, I, keeping people closer to home. I think they do. I mean, I you know it's it's a situation where you know they they try to help out as much as they can, or they feel like they are. So, you know, I 
I just that's the way I see it coming down. Now, you know, coaching staff may see it a different way and 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 just have another idea of how it's going to unfold. It's just that's just me looking at the bracket and what the NCAA could do. I I just I feel like that train is coming down the tracks and there's no stopping it. Is this a is this a typical UMHB football team or is there something unique about this particular group? You know, they're so they've been so good for so long. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's the consistency of UMHB football that you just look at this team and go, Okay, they're they're playing very well right now. Now look, you know, they've changed the defense this year. Coach Fredenberg's made that very public and, and talked about, you know, some of the things when they lost in the playoffs last year, they went back and dissected that and looked at it and said, Okay, we need to make a change. We need to move some things around uh and, and some things we do in coverage wise, we're we're gonna change that up a little bit. And so they've done that. This defense is playing at a high level right now. And, you know, you, you can say, well, you know, they fell behind early to Harden-Simmons. And, you know, they fell behind to Howard Payne last Saturday, 14 to nothing. But, you know, they make those in-game adjustments. And that's what makes UMHB so good is is they're able to identify and adjust on the fly and, and be able to, you know, turn things around and, and understand what they have to do defensively and offensively. They find a way to get on track and, and make things – make things work, and they make those adjustments on the offensive side as well. I, I think – I hate to say it's a typical UMHB team because you don't want to put that on anybody, but I, I think it's a, a similar UMHB football team. I think this is a, a very good football team that if they can stay healthy and they, they keep doing the things that they do uh, on a week-in and week-out basis, that, you know, they've they've got as good a chance as anybody to to find their way into the national championship game. Oh, well, there's a standard that has been set for years, and – that's uh, that's what they strive to 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 meet is to meet that standard. And you know, Pete Fredenberg has built he's built a juggernaut there. I mean, let's just be honest. And uh, you know, as we we talked about earlier today with Scott Drew and the basketball team, uh, you know, it's hard to build one. It's hard to build a champion, but it's even harder to maintain because everybody's coming at you. Yeah. Uh, so you know, and, and that's kind of the case for UMHB football. All right. So Saturday they conclude with McMurray. Uh, that will be a what a twelve thirty pregame with a one o'clock kick yep. on our sister station Fox Sports Central Texas. Uh, coming up next, we'll talk some. Uh, we'll talk. Uh, I'm sorry, go right ahead. Yeah, yeah. It, you want to hear from Coach Pete? Yeah, Fredenberg. let's do. Let's let's hear from Coach Pete. Well, he was asked yesterday the big takeaways from the from this past weekend and and the game, and and there were some interesting things that he talked about uh, coming away from that game on Saturday. My biggest takeaways from the game this week was. Uh, you know, the obviously the, the right at the halftime, all the commotion that went on, been dealing with uh, dealing with that, and uh, I think that we played. Uh, we had some guys that really stepped up and played exceptionally well, and uh, we're excited about where we're at. Like, well, yeah, the commotion. Yeah, there was a. A little dust up on Howard Payne's sidelines. K.J. Miller went into the bench, and they, they pushed him back into the Gatorade bottles. And then um, <laughs> Howard Payne ensued on surrounding K.J. Miller and not letting him out of uh, off that sidelines. And it, it ensued into a bench-clearing brawl on the far sidelines. UMHB players took off and went over there and – uh, coaches took off and went over there, and there was nobody left on UMHB sidelines, and uh, it went all the way up into the stands um, before they got it under control. And then 
there were still seven seconds left in the half, and the officials talked to both coaches, and they tried to get the players off the field. And UM, uh, the Howard Payne players finally went into their tunnel, and UMHB went into their tunnel. Then UMHB came back out on the field, uh, and neither coach was extremely happy with what was unfolding in front of them they finally just said hey look th- th- we're waving off this seven seconds we're going to go in and let cooler heads prevail and come back out uh, it, it it was wise decision yeah absolutely a wise decision it was probably uh, about i don't know maybe 10 10 minutes of stop down trying to figure out how to unpack that whole thing wow yeah it it was it was uh it was a little bit different he also was asked uh, how shell-shocked was he after the first drives and, and how the team maintained their composure. Well, yeah, there was a tremendous shell-shock. Um, and, you know, we, we knew that they could throw the ball well and had good receivers. Um, didn't think they would challenge Fritz like they did. Um, Jefferson has a tendency to want to do too much and, and and he wants to support the run as well as the pass. So he just got uh, caught a little bit that way. And then the second one was uh, the, the safety uh, was protecting the corner route, and he should have been protecting the middle of the field. So it was a great learning process for him. It was a, a great um, for our football team to maintain their composure and come back like we did. Um, says a lot, and I think the the whole day was kind of weird in that uh, um, uh, what happened at halftime and uh, then maintaining our composure the second half and uh, performing admirably on both sides of the ball. That is a Gosh, I thought he played well. We gave him the game ball. I can't remember what his um, passing stats were, but they were incredible, and then he, he ran the ball well. He executed the option really well. I think uh, I think Ryan took a huge step forward. Uh, really, really makes us um, realize we got two good quarterbacks that can uh, go win a ball game for us. That was Gosh, Coach, I thought that, that was Coach Fredenberg talking about Ryan Redding uh, improving this week and, and getting better. The backup quarterback. He was also asked about Kyle King being ready this week and he said Kyle was ready last week he's not 100 percent, but he's real close to 100 percent, and that you know they that gives them an option with two quarterbacks that can be ready to to move forward and you know again the last game of the regular season and going into that five game playoff uh they're probably going to need two quarterbacks five games to five win games. a national championship yep. so that is doable it is absolutely doable yeah and the whole process yeah, Even is, though, you yeah. know, the NCAA doesn't believe at the higher level it is. Yeah. Those student-athletes can do it, but the others... Right. Okay. All right. Uh, good stuff. Uh, and again, they uh, conclude the regular season Saturday, 1230 pregame, 1 o'clock kick uh, with McMurray. That should be a lot of fun. It's uh, 838. When we come back, we're going to talk some Ranger baseball. We're going to talk with Jared Sandler of the Rangers, kind of get an update on where the Rangers are in this offseason and what's ahead for Texas. We'll do that next here on ESPN Central Texas. Matt Mosley, weekdays at 4 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. I think I would love to spend some time, you know, with Coach Drew. You saw the uh, the different reporters that were there. It's like they asked two or three questions and we're done. 
It was the weirdest thing. Uh, Aaron, I know you were getting to kind of dip in and listen to some of that. The moderator was like mocking the reporters. <laughs> he was like, really? Are y'all not going to ask any questions? The Matt Mosley Show, weekdays 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial needs are in good hands. It's your bank, Alliance Bank Central Texas, with two Waco locations, 4721 Bosque Boulevard and 191 Archway Drive on Highway 84 and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Come join us. Howmet Aerospace, situated in Waco for 48 years and now hiring for several positions. Howmet produces fasteners for industrial applications such as transportation, renewable energy, and automotive. Howmet Aerospace is looking for production technicians, quality engineers, machining techs, maintenance electricians, and more. Most positions require a mechanical aptitude or background, and all jobs require a high school diploma or GED. Howmet Aerospace offers a complete benefits package from day one. Go to howmet.com slash join us. Search Waco for a complete listing. Some things never change, like the commitment to service and protection the Nitsche Group Insurance Agency has offered since 1949. Whether you're needing a new business policy to get your operations up and running, adding cyber liability for a remote workforce, or if you're needing to pause your current coverage, our team is here for the protection you need when you need it. Whatever your coverage needs, talk to the experts that care. Call the Nitsche Group to discuss your personal, commercial, and bonding insurance needs at 1-800-258-8302. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. Now that football season is here and cooler weather is right around the corner, it's time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows and have been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for eight consecutive years. They offer 0% financing for 60 months. That's 0% financing for 60 months. Contact Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com or call 254-301-7760. And don't forget, check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. Gokey Family Farms provides the ultimate in custom application and fertilizer for all your road crops and pasture needs. They are a distributor of fertilizer for farmland, grain, feed, hay, pasture crops, and vegetation for agricultural and farm supplies, along with growing and raising corn, wheat, and sorghum. Gokey Family Farms is your local contact for LG corn seed and their performing corn hybrids and grain sorghum products. A proud supporter of Crawford High School Athletics, Gokey Family Farms, seven generations strong. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update. Brought to you by Valvoline Express Care, 833 North Valley Mills Drive, open Monday through Friday, 6 to 8, and Saturday, 8 to 5. Baylor Associate Head Football Coach Joey McGuire has been named the new head football coach at Texas Tech. McGuire will join the Tech Athletic Department immediately and will assume head coaching duties following the 2021 football season. Sonny Cumbie will continue to serve as Tech's interim head coach for the remaining three regular season games and any bowl appearance. 
On Monday Night Football, the Steelers beat the Chicago Bears 29-27. Week 10 will begin Thursday night with Baltimore at Miami. Crawford Volleyball beat Alvord last night in the regional quarterfinals. Tonight, China Spring, Lorena, and Troy also try to advance past the quarterfinals. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Eight forty-three. Welcome back in. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. We'll talk some Ranger baseball in just a few minutes. There is basketball tonight in the Farrell Center as the Baylor women would play host to Texas State. And again, it is a uh, seven o'clock tip. Our pregame with uh, Derek and Sophia will begin at six thirty here. Six thirty for the pregame. It's uh, the Bears and Texas State. The Bobcats coming to town for the uh, for the. For the season opener and the uh, the first game, official first game for the uh, Nikki Collin era, and it all begins tonight. Uh, Coach Collin meeting with the media yesterday was asked if she thought her team was ready to play. I mean, I don't think any coach is ever happy. Like, you know, it was, it was crazy thinking about this was our 30th practice because you have 30 practices in 42 days. And I think, I think in a lot of ways, I, I think I said this two days ago, I think – I think this team is is tired of practicing. And I think every team in America after 30 practices is tired of practicing. I mean, you want, you know, we're we're lucky enough to have a great male practice squad, so we we are going against, you know, other people on a daily basis. We're not just grinding against one another. Um, but I think, you know, it's like it's it gets to be same old, same old. As much as you try to switch it up, as much as you try to change drills, as you know, it's still. Um, I think you hit that point where they want to be in go mode. They want to play, and then that, and then playing teaches you what's next. You know, like we we obviously have two close games with Tuesday Thursday games this week, and then we'll have a couple days, and then we have a longer break before Maryland. So we'll get some good just growth practices in. Um, you know, but right now, you know, over these next three, four days, it's, it's about our opponent and making sure we're prepared for, for these first two opponents um, and, and do a good job taking their strengths away and then probably and hopefully playing to ours. That is uh, Nikki Collin. Again, it's the uh, Baylor women tonight uh, opening up their 2021-2022 season hosting Texas State. UTA will be here on Thursday night, and then the Baylor men will begin defense of their national championship on Friday night. Basketball is here, and, uh, the, of course, we're right in the middle of all, all of our football coverage, and we talk baseball today. We welcome into the program from the Ranger Radio Network, Jared Sandler. Jared, good morning. How are you, buddy? Hey, Tom, thanks for having me. Good morning to you. We appreciate you, your time. Where are the Rangers right now in this offseason uh, program and their offseason process, and what do what they got to get done this offseason? Well, they got to get a lot done, but I think first the league's got to get a lot done. You know, I, I think the Rangers are, uh, you know, obviously in the, the stage where they're doing a lot of evaluations this week, the GM meetings taking place in San Diego, so – uh, a lot of the, the framework, perhaps for future deals, uh, get discussed. You know, at this time, you know, maybe deals are made. I just think that a lot of teams are operating with a lot of uncertainty because of the expiring collective bargaining agreement here. I think at the end of the month. So, uh, you know, there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of things that could change. A lot of things that could be up in the air. Uh, you know, my understanding is once the CBA is uh, expired, it puts a freeze on movements, uh, I believe. 
but even if it doesn't, you know, there there's a chance that a lot of uh, elements get discussed that will impact a, a team strategy and moving forward with some of their uh, off-season plans. So, you know, for instance, uh, let's say, you know, I, one of my colleagues, Mike Bassett, tweeted about, you know, the Rangers pursuing Noah Syndergaard. Well, uh, Noah Syndergaard gets extended a qualifying offer, or let's say Corey Seager maybe. Uh, you know, everyone's talking about the Rangers adding an infielder. Corey Seager got extended a qualifying offer by the Dodgers. So now if the Rangers in the current setup want to pursue Corey Seager, they're going to give up a second-round pick if they sign him. But there's a possibility that with the new collective bargain, uh, bargaining agreement, that part gets uh, bargained out of the new agreement. You know, the, the compensation, uh, which a lot of players feel like hurts their value. So, um, you know, there are a lot of things that, that are going on. I just think right now where the Rangers are, I think they're trying to plan for uh, all sorts of, you know, outcomes with the, the new CBA and delays. You know, I think they, they have to plan strategically. All right, what if it's a mad dash? In February, that's when the new CBA gets signed, and we got a couple weeks to try and put things together. Well, what if this gets signed right away, and it's way more peaceful than people think? Uh, and you know the different uh, the different elements that could be uh, different or, or or could remain the same. Uh, so on top of all that, they're going through their normal off season procedure of discussing, evaluating, and uh, trying to figure out you know the best plan of action. If things do work out and, and and kind of smooth the waters a little bit, could this be finally the year that you see a big name in a in an acquisition for the Texas Rangers? It's been a while uh, since they had a buzz uh, in in the off season signing a big name player. Yeah, I, so I guess the the best way I can put it is I think that this is the first time in a while that they are going to very aggressively pursue that type of a player. Um, Unless you are the Dodgers or the Yankees, you know it seems like when those teams when they target a player, they get him. They're like the they're like the really really uh, good looking girl in school who gets to you know handpick the you know the the guy that they want because all the guys are salivating over them, right? Uh, whereas everyone else has to kind of you know do a little more courting and a little more recruiting. So uh, certainly a team like the Rangers back uh, you know a decade ago. They were way more appealing because, you know, they could perhaps give you the money, but they also could, could sell winning immediately. Uh, right now, that's just not that's not a part of their uh, their pitch. You know, they, they can't sell winning immediately because they're not going to win immediately. And so I think that always makes it a little more challenging. Uh, but I do think they have a lot to sell. Uh, you know, I think uh, a lot of players have come through this new ballpark. They love it. Uh, for whatever reason, guys, and, and I don't say for whatever reason in that, I don't know why. I just think for different players, it's different reasons. But players love coming to DFW, uh, you know, visiting players. And, um, you know, the Rangers just haven't very aggressively pursued uh, free agents at the, at the top level here the last few years. But there are a lot of guys who I think, you know, they're more aware of, of farm systems and things like that now than they used to be. And they recognize that the Rangers are a team that, while there are no guarantees and they still have to – turn these these young players into you know major league producers they are on the come they've got a lot of money to spend players know that uh they love the facilities uh no state income tax uh, perhaps plays a role uh, so i think there are a lot of factors i think the rangers are definitely going to be big players it's very tough for me to, to guarantee right now hey they're going to get carlos correa or they're going to get trevor story uh because 
you know, those those sorts of pursuits are, are never, unless, again, you're the Dodgers or the Yankees, they never seem to be uh, like 90% propositions. But I do think the Rangers come away with one of them, uh, and I know that for the first time in several years they're going to aggressively pursue guys at that level. What do you – let's – for, for argument's sake, let's let's assume that they may go get Carlos Carlos Correa. What do you do with Connor Falefa then? Because I think he's still a piece of a puzzle, isn't he? Maybe. Uh, I, I think you know the first thing is if you were to say, all right, hey, I think Connor Falefa is a starting player. You get Carlos Correa. Where does he go? I think he goes to second base. You know, there was really no one at second base this year who played in a way where you're like, this guy's got to be our second baseman. Uh, now. Andy Ibanez is the closest thing to that. I think Andy Ibanez performed better both offensively and defensively than Nick Solak. I think Andy Ibanez is a guy that you know you could uh, you know maybe put in left field if you if you want to commit an offseason to working on on his defense there, DH stuff like that. Uh, but you know at the same time, while Izzy is really good defensively. Uh, you look at his numbers offensively. The reality is guys who have an OBS in the mid 600s. It, they're not guaranteed everyday players. Uh, it's just that's that's uh, uh, even with the decline in offensive production, it's tough to justify that guy on a winning team being an everyday player. Now, with that said, uh, you know while he's not a guy who walks at all, he does hit for a high average. You know, I think Izzy's a guy who could profile nicely, hitting eighth or ninth on the team, batting two sixty five, two seventy, uh, and playing really good defense. But you need other bats around him uh, for that to, to be worthwhile. So um, I think Izzy still needs to grow offensively if he for sure wants to be an everyday player on really good teams. Uh, I don't think the Rangers are so close to that to where uh, you know Izzy's going to be left without a job. But if they do sign a shortstop, I think the next logical move is uh, Isaiah kind of left at second base, and then uh, you kind of go from there. I, I think at, at worst, guys. Uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is a really good utility player or 10th man on a World Series contender, which the Rangers aren't there yet. But if you look at you know, some of the, like the Astros, the, the Braves, the, uh, you know, the teams, that the Dodgers, uh, where would Isaiah Kiner-Falefa fit? And, and that's probably where he would fit best uh, unless he does continue to grow offensively uh, because obviously the defense uh, you know, is justified by the gold glove two seasons ago. Uh, and just the, the really solid defense this year at shortstop. The defense is a plus, but now it's about getting the bat to play even better. Back when the Rangers were playing in the World Series, one of the things was the reason why the Rangers were so good is because they had the best farm system in Major League Baseball. Where is the farm system at right now, and is it getting better? Yeah, the arrow's definitely pointing up. Uh, and, you know, I think when we have the publications come out with the rankings sometime in February or whenever they'll do it again, uh, the Rangers will likely be a top 10 system somewhere in that eight, nine, 10 mark. Uh, and I think that, you know, that will continue to grow just because they got a, a ton of young guys, like guys who are not knocking on the door of the majors who, you know, they'll go up to, to high A and double A and, and triple A and hopefully continue to produce. And, you know, obviously production at double A is going to be valued uh, differently than production in, in rookie ball or, you know, or, or low A. So, uh, you know, I think that the biggest key for the Rangers right now is they got great depth in their system. Uh, they might not have the star power at the very top. You know, they're not, they're not littered with, say, three top 20 prospects or something like that. 
Uh, adding Jack Leiter certainly helps the star power. Uh, you know, the hope is that Josh Young is going to be able to make a big impact, uh, you know, some sometime in 2022, uh, or at least show that he's capable of making a big impact in the future. Uh, and you got some other guys uh, in that group, but uh, the Rangers' biggest asset from a, a, a farm system standpoint is just that they have tremendous depth. And uh, as you guys know, prospects are suspects. You know, we can we can rave about them all we want right now, but until they come up to the big league level, uh, it's tough to know, you know, how their minor league success or their tools and potential will translate. And for some guys, it, it translates, uh, you know, perfectly. Other guys, you know, they dominate the minors and they just can't quite figure it out at the major league level, but the more options you have, the more darts you have to throw, the more likely you're going to hit a bullseye or two. And the Rangers, for the first time in a long time, uh, have positioned themselves in a place of great depth throughout their system. Hey, Jared, thanks. Uh, as always, great stuff, man. We could, we, we could do this for three, four hours. I, I just love talking baseball with you. Uh, appreciate your time, and we'll get you back on soon. Thanks. Sounds good, fellas. Have a great uh, great rest of the day. Appreciate it. That's uh, Jared Sandler from the Ranger Radio Network. Man, does a tremendous job uh, with uh, with the Ranger broadcast right here on ESPN Central Texas. All right, day 56. Uh, we've got Greeny coming up at the top of the hour. John's here at 3, and then Matt along at 4 o'clock, and we're right back with you tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Have yourself a great day. For Ward, I'm Tom. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.